Hi, Andras Jones here with a couple of quick announcements. In August, we'll be wrapping up Season 2 of Radio 8 Ball, and I'll be coming out with my first record in quite a while. It's called All You Get, and I hope you'll check it out. This show, the great songwriters we've had as guests, and your attention have inspired me to want to do it again, so I am. And on July 25th, I'll be playing songs from the record at the Hotel Cafe in Hollywood, California, accompanied by the cats on this here episode you're about to hear. After my set, they'll be performing as the Sheriffs of Schrodingham. That's at 11 p.m. My show's at 10. That's 10 o'clock sharp at the Hotel Cafe in Hollywood, California on July 25th. If you can be there, we'll see ya. And if not, we'll miss ya. Vikram Devasthali, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Wherever you are, putting questions to the songs which we will randomly select. Here with the help of our friend, Synchronicity. And now it's time for Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake, it's the Radio 8 Ball Show. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and for seven musical divinations, we've been hanging out here in the studio at Starburns Industries with our musical guests, Vikram Devastali, Ross Guerin, and their super yachty friend, John Schroeder. (laughs) Keeping it smooth in the corner, <laughs> and joining us here for this last uh, last segment, she was she was as she asked the question on that last segment. She plays with Vikram in uh, with in her own project. Welcome back, Alex Lilly. Thank you. So now we're going to get into Vikram's question. He wrote it down at the beginning of the show, and now's the point, second point in the show, where all the paper fetishists clutch their headphones a little bit closer to their ears, and maybe put this on a loop. Spend some serious time with themselves. Oh, so nice. Okay. So, now. Vikram, what's your question for the Pop Oracle? Oh, first of all, what's the what's the answer? The last song on the board is? Oh, The Battle of Attrition. The Battle of Attrition. Do you think it's a good answer to this question? I think so. Okay, what is it? Yeah, the question is... What else do I have to say? What else do I have to say? Okay. The Battle of Attrition. It's not the fight I chose But sometimes it chooses you I'm tired and it shows But I know I'll make it through They said to put our weapons down Come out with our hands held high They'll make a mess of our hometown 
us we're prepared to die Well I don't want to brag But I got a full bag of ammunition And the battle of attrition can't be won But I'll always soldier on I'm not afraid of peace Or ashamed to say I've lost I want the war to cease At a reasonable cost But I have bled my savings dry In search of an outstretched hand And if my mother has to cry Then I have to take a stand If I'm taking the fall I'm giving my all for the tradition And the battle of attrition can't be won But I'll always soldier on I heard a discouraging word There is a logic to surrender But I'm not finished with this bender Return that sappy talk to sender I'm a cuckoo bird Wanna buy me out But I'm never gonna sell My friends are full of doubt But they know I wish them well And there's a solitary voice That tells me the cause is just And it has left me with no choice I'm going for boom or bust I'm crossing all lines, dressed up to the nines in superstition And the battle of attrition can't be won But I'll go on and fight it till I'm gone The battle of attrition can't be won But I'll always soldier on And that was The Battle of Attrition from Vikram Devastali and Ross Guerin, and that was the answer to Vikram's question. What else do I have to say? What else do you have to say? Well, I guess that that was going to be the answer. I mean, no matter what song you played, that would have been the right answer in a certain way. You but... know what happened is at the moment that... So the moment you handed me the paper, or the moment that Jessica handed me the paper, I should say, uh, I was thinking of that... Billy Joel song, uh, We Didn't Start the Fire, which I had a, like a cassette single of when I was a kid, and I just wore that out. Like it's I was called a so, single man. So obsessed with it. Um, and at the end of that song, he says, JFK, blown away, what else do I have to say? Which meant nothing to me as a six-year-old. I was just like, yeah, what else do you have to say? Um, but yeah, at that moment, I wrote it down and... Uh, so it's inspired by Billy Joel, and that, and when you, so I God assume, bless him. and you listen to that song unironically over and over again. That it's a very, it's a very maligned Billy Joel track. Yeah, my appreciation for irony was not fully developed at the age of six. I'm ashamed to say. So you just dug the song on its own, on its own merits. Yeah, it has this really great synth intro. Um, and it's just like it's a great song. I always You're not supposed to like that song. People I, don't like that song. I like. I mean, I I'm, I'm it's a great big, karaoke. I love Billy Joel. It is, so. and I always, you know, it's hard to do it right, but I've always liked 
a, a good laundry list song yeah. done, done right. R.E.M. has one of those too. Which one am I thinking of? Uh, it's the end of the world yeah. as we yeah. know it, and uh, Bob Dylan posit. Uh, uh, Subterranean homesick blues. Uh, Johnny's Mom. in the back street. Mama's in the basement, mixing up the medicine. I'm on the basement, mix- thinking about the government. Yeah, yeah. Man in a trench coat, badge out, paid off, laid off. Says he's got a bad cough, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid. That's something you did. <laughs> did. Are we gonna do this? <laughs> was that you know I've, something I've wondered about that song? Was that like the first music video that wasn't a performance video? Are you talking Billy Joel? No, oh. Bob Dylan. Oh, there's that with that lyric where he's taking the lyrics off in the alley with Alan Ginsberg hanging out behind him in the yeah. alley. Oh, Jesus! I feel like that might be the first one. I thought it was. Uh... Yeah, well, I guess pro- well, I guess that's probably before. The Beatles, did, yeah, that's definitely before I'm the Walrus and Rain. Rain was a sort of definitely a music video, but that would have been later. So, yeah, maybe. Why not? Let's just say so. Just throw it out to the universe. Yeah. See what comes back. <laughs> sure. I mean, if uh, if anyone has any, has, you know, feel free to send in any uh, corrections to that. If you have some someone that we're, we're forgetting, we'll, I'll include it in the blog. Okay. So... Anyway, going back to the idea, so this was inspired by that line from Billy Joel. From the question was inspired the, by the, that. The question, not the song. Yeah, yeah. So, what inspired the song? Where does where does the song come from? John Schroeder inspired the song. Really? Once again, he's your he's like your muse. Uh, John, uh, <laughs> my flame, my muse. Uh, yeah, John texted me out of the blue. When was that? Be not too long ago. Maybe late last year? Yeah, he texted me and he said, I want you to write a song called The Battle of Attrition. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty direct <laughs> correlation. Yeah. And so I and so I did. Bossy that's, that's, muse. That's the whole story. Bossy muse. <laughs> well, what's the use of a muse that's not bossy? A muse is like, you know, whatever. You can write a song or not. It's fine. Well, it's funny because... <laughs> When I look at the first lines, they seem very. We didn't start the fireish. It's not the fight I chose, but sometimes it chooses you. That like we did. That's basically another way of saying we didn't start the fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't that odd to you that the song that no, came that's... up as the answer to your question about that was inspired by we didn't start the fire is in some way has some DNA shared with We Didn't Start the Fire? That's what the Radio 8 Ball is all about, Andres. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess it I guess it is. Yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Synchronicity. Yeah, but we can still enjoy it. We don't, we don't, I am we don't have it. to slough it off as it's no big deal. It's kind of exciting yeah. when, that, when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Vikram won't save her. <laughs> God damn Vikram. <laughs> is this something you've encountered on the on the road? He like if there's a really good gig, he just can't be like he just we doesn't get it. too upset or too excited. That's probably that's a good quality. I gotta say. Yeah, I should or note by the way, since tell. you just said it, that uh, uh, Alex's mother Michelle has 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 decided that she really enjoys saying "Goddamn Vikram." So <laughs> 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 whenever she sees me, it's like "Goddamn Vikram." But, I'm like, "Oh, hey, Michelle, <laughs> how's it going?" Her name is Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Michelle. Michelle is. Oh, maybe it is. What? No, it's not. <laughs> Either it is or it isn't. <laughs> That's what comedy. Hey, it's your you... show. Okay. <laughs> you want to rename my mother? <laughs> so why did? Where, where does the goddamn Vikram come from? 
I don't even remember. Just the way he is. Yeah, I think it's just the way I am. So is it the way I'm never remembering her name? The way I'm always calling her Michelle. <laughs> God damn, Vikram. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, do, so do you feel like? Well, we have Alex here. She knows you pretty well. What do you think about this? Is the answer to his question? Oh, uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's kind of an all-purpose question. I guess I wasn't really. Once I heard that question, I kind of just let my mind go completely. Right. Comple- <laughs> completely relax. It's good. <laughs> to a bowl of noodles. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've uh, I've always I always liked that phrase, the the way that it's used colloquially, which is basically you're saying I'm right. Yeah. What can <laughs> I say? Yeah. It's just like this is the way it is. Um. Which would not was not obvious to me when I was six years old. Like like I said, I was like, oh, the song could just go on <laughs> indefinitely. From I actually there. couldn't really tell what the song's about. Can you explain it? Um, I think it's about you know we're we're living through a time in which people have their heels dug in mm-hmm. pretty firmly on any number of topics. Um. And I wanted to sort of depict the mindset of a person like that. Because I think that oftentimes when we think of someone like that, we think, oh, well, they've just lost their minds on some level. And I wanted to be open to the possibility that the person who lives that life actually knows that what they're doing is pointless on some level. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason they do it. <laughs> it's like it's like people who get really excited about sports, like catastrophically excited mm-hmm. about sports, where there's almost something about the fact that it doesn't have real-world import that makes it easier to be invested mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Because if you're invested in something that actually is important and things don't go your way, mm-hmm. then it's devastating. Yeah. I mean, people are still pretty devastated when their favorite sports team loses, but they get over it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what the song is about. I was, I just, uh, was looking up the definition of attrition and there are two definitions. The definition that we, I I think was intended in the song, which is the action or process of gradually reducing the strength or effectiveness of someone or something through sustained attack or pressure. And then, but this is an interesting one. It's number two in scholastic theology, sorrow, but not contrition for sin. Which, in a way, I don't know, somehow connects a little bit to your question, Alex, that you had asked in the previous session uh-huh. of like this idea of I, I, the distinction between sorrow as opposed to contrition for sin. Like, I, I feel like I feel bad that this happened. I feel very sad that like my sport. Te- I feel sad that my sports team lost, but I still, I still, but I'm not sorry, mm-hmm. and. I'm going to do, I, I still support that thing, right? So, I don't know, it, I don't know, if, I don't know if how that has to, what that has to contribute to this, other than that it's just another way of looking at that word. Um, which, yeah. does one, does, I know you probably met the first one when you wrote it, but does the, does the second definition apply to this? Well, I think, uh, Sin is not like the hippest concept in in modern secular life. 
I think that if you if you were to sit next to a stranger on like at a bus stop and start talking about sin, mm-hmm. they would re- respond very differently than they would a hundred years ago. Right. Uh, when that idea was much more uh, uh, foundational to the way that people thought about morality. Um, we, we still react to – we may not use that word, but if someone is – we perceive someone as being racist or sexist or homophobic or a bully or – like there's way – there are things that we see – that we respond to as – we wouldn't call it sin. It's more of a social, you know, uh, crime or social failing or you know, whatever. But it's still – the idea is like that thing that you are doing is morally – wrong and you should be contrite you should be you should apologize you should be sorry and yeah people someone saying well i'm sorry like it's those those non-apologies apologies i'm sorry you feel that yeah, way yeah i mean i think that the the only way you could engage in a battle of attrition is if you lost the ability to be contrite and the, right and the way you do that is not to just put your foot down one day. The way you do it is you say, well, you've done some bad stuff and I've done some bad stuff. There's blood on everyone's hands, so let's just grind each other to the bone. Uh, And it's much easier to fall into that way of thinking, I think, than most people imagine. I mean, I know people, and this will come to no surprise to people in this room, I know people in this town who are extremely triggered by anything relating to Republicans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, you can see, like, their whole uh, attitude changes mm-hmm. whenever something relating to a Republican comes up. That is, like, at a different level of response than, like, an ordinary political back and forth, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I, in a way, uh, we may ironically have brought back the idea of sin, mm-hmm. but with a secular foundation, which is that <laughs> these are these are the things that all the good, correct people believe. And if not, you're a deplorable, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, what can I say? St. Augustine would be proud. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, because sin is something that gets on you. It's like something that smells, something that's not like born of you. Like, I think that it's interesting, like, the difference between sin, which is not seen to be owned by anybody. It's this thing out, this, like, source of badness in the world. And so if people catch a whiff of, like, if you say something and it has, like, a subtle scent of something that's not on your side, then it's, like, feels sinful, right? Because it's just, like, oh, that smells bad. Mm -hmm. Instead of, like, really listening to the content of what somebody's saying and feeling confident enough in your own powers of understanding to, like, really without getting angry like listen and then once you realize what they're saying sucks then you can get angry Mm -hmm. but like (laughs) just to immediately react instead of respond is i think the problem well yeah the i mean and that is uh definitely a i think a sign of our time is the is that the the reactionary nature of so much of our public dialogue Mm -hmm. it's you know call out culture whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. i mean it's funny. I mean, I I encourage people to listen to everything here selfishly and have it be very self-referential to them. And so I, as you're talking about, like I'm I, I'm still a little bit still thinking about my uh, my shirt issue with Alexis. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about how, again, how something like I said, talk something can be triggering, and 
if you do something that's triggering, it's going to get a reaction, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, I assume, like, obviously I did, I, I was aware and putting on the shirt that I was going to, I wanted to like, I knew it was funny or odd to be wearing women's breasts on my shirt, <laughs> a woman's breasts on my shirt. But I didn't really think of it as being troubling. But it it did it did well, get that it did get that reaction. Well, and I think that the way she responded is a really great example of how we can like escape the cycle of just constant bickering. Yeah, she didn't is, just assume that I was which is that a she misogynist. Didn't, she it. didn't blow up at you. Yeah, she was like. This is. I see this, and I have a problem with it. I'm going to have a conversation with yeah. you well, about she was why it is. Curious about why she did too. Yeah, yeah. It was. You know, it was, she a, was. It was a thoughtful space. Yeah. But I also wonder if she walked into uh, a business meeting where she was going to have to, and I, I was sitting across the table, being like, "Hey, I'm a feminist guy. I love Jenny Lewis," and she's like, "It's not in a situation where she can," and so can just say. Dude, what are you fucking thinking? You don't wear this in a professional setting. Uh, this is my show. Of course, she's not going to do that to me here. I mean, it's my you could go come into someone's house and say you can't wear that. But definitely, like you said, she responded in exact I, in the way I would hope that we would all be able to respond in those situations. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly where that. I feel like we the question is sort of so open ended that. We're all sort of there's you can make it into anything, mm-hmm. but I think there are there are some nice touchstones and there are some ways that it sort of ties the knot on a lot of the conversations that we've been having. Um, anything else as far as the interpretation before we move on? Silence from the <laughs> from, the very from all gathered. People. So okay, cool. Well, that's what we have. <laughs> what, what, what can I say? What else can I mean, I think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Battle of attrition lost by everybody. <laughs> yes, there, there are no winners in the battle of attrition. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Except for me. The guy who records it all. I win. So, okay. Well, uh, let me just take a moment here to thank all of the folks at Starburns Industries who continue to allow me to come into this studio and make mischief and marry with my friends in the in here and uh, trust me not to break their beautiful mics or to let people get into the lounge lounge is off limits for no, my I just people. want to be in there. For my people. You can come yeah, here. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have told Alex get, that. Get invited. <laughs> as a, a challenge, my Get friend. invited. You should, I'm sure Dino Stamatopoulos would love to have you as a guest on his show. All right. And then he'll, you can get, when you're with Dino, you can get into lounge all you want. Um, so, and I'll even put in a good word for you if you want. Say, someone really wants to see the lounge. She's great. Bring her on. It'll happen. I, her record plateaued, but that doesn't mean you can't still have her on the show. <laughs> Does that mean where did where did it hit on the charts? Where did the record hit? Did the, I think I got up to fifty? Nice. I've yeah. never made a chart in my life. Well, it was number one in Toronto for a while, but like fifty. People are in smart terms in Canada. Overall, I know. Yeah. I don't know why I did it in Australian accent. Oh no. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. 
So anyway, thanks to all the Starburns folks. Thanks to our engineer, Jessica. She's kicking ass, always making things sound great. Also, I don't really give a shout out to the folks who mix and uh, do. I have a little team of folks who help make this happen. Uh, Tony Householder, who does the mixing, and Bernika Scott, who does the social media uploads and yeah, so I just have a team of folks that I'm really I'm really grateful for. And of, of course, any of you who are listening, who have subscribed to the podcast, if you if you are the one of those intrepid few who are in on the ground floor of the synchronicity revolution, I am so grateful to you and seeing your uh, continued support for just listening to the show makes a world of difference. And if you do listen but haven't subscribed, please press subscribe. It makes all it really that helps our numbers a lot. And, of course, I want to thank all of your guests, Vikram, who came in or joined us by phone. Of course, most of all, the return of Alex Lilly, whose show is your, your podcast was one of my was really one of my favorite that we that we've done in uh, on, on the show. And I, I had a great time with it. Including this one. Yeah. Are you pitting me and Vikram against each no, other? No, no, you no. Know I love a good I No, I don't. There's there is no pitting. I, uh, I, I, have, I, I have no idea how this turned out yet. I've just I'm in it like it's it's when I go back and I have to mix it. And I find myself laughing or enjoying it. That I'm like, oh, this this came out pretty good. This came out pretty good. But uh, yeah, it's great to have you back. And Thank you, you know, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the Bird and the Bee tour now yeah. that I know that it's going to happen, and I will be out to see that show. And I can add it to my, you know, just another notch on my Alex Lilly live show belt. Sweet, getting it up to four. It'll be four shows yeah. at that point. So. Thank you, and thanks to all of the guests who joined us. And now, especially, the band. You guys are awesome. I love it. I love the recorded music, and hearing it, getting to hear it in this very intimate way was a whole new look at it. So I'm uh, very excited to follow you as a songwriter, Vikram, and get to know their, your friends here. And now, very excited about Harbor Party. As well, you have to be. <laughs> Hanging with the real, like, you, again, the, the arguments about Yacht Rock have been pretty traumatizing. Just like being right about something and arguing with people who are just wrong and you can't can't but, do anything about it. It's, the battle of attrition can't be won. Exactly. Okay. You're right. You're right. What I can I say? I thought I told you very clearly. <laughs> you did. You did. But anyway, it's a, it's great to meet all your, meet your friends and hear your music. And Vikram, thank you for putting the, all the work in to organize this. You gathered the folks you put together a great little uh set here and uh and i loved it so thank you thank you very much excellent and you have a lot of this is coming out on a new record that's coming out or a new ep that's going to be coming out when uh it's going to be coming out around the time that this airs it'll be coming out in the middle of june perfect don't have like a firm release date yet but well we will we will include links and i will encourage people to check it out is it coming out on uh on what format is it coming out on CD, vinyl, or out just? We're not going to have internet? a physical copy. It's going to be internet. Yeah, got it. Cool, smart. Who needs? Who needs? <laughs> who needs to have your stuff in a landfill with mine and Alex's records? Yeah, life is two percent. <laughs> Mine are in the bargain bins, okay? Okay, start in the bargain. It goes first bargains bins, then landfill. Got it. Got it. Fuck you. I'm talking about my record. I'm talking about my record, and you know. And later I, did, I didn't want to leave yours out. I didn't want to... <laughs> That's sweet. One of, one of the most depressing musician stories I ever heard was from my friend. I'm not. I'm not going to say her name, but she told me that she got a call from the the record store one day where they oh. they had her her CDs, and they were like, 
Well, you can come and get these. If you don't, we're just going to throw them away. <laughs> so and I was like, damn, that is cold. so dark. <laughs> but it's it's the truth. You know, that happens, you know. Yeah. What is it? You can either come and get them or we're going to give them to charity. Yeah. I'm going to send them to the <laughs> and farm. And they will throw them away. Because <laughs> nobody likes your record. <laughs> Oh, sorry. What's, that, that, what's that Mitch Hedberg joke? When someone gives you a flyer, it's like they're saying, hey, why don't you throw this away? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, why don't you write some important shopping information on the back of this? <laughs> anyway, uh, do people make flyers anymore? That does, not, not really. Yes. Really? Yes, well, they do. The golden age of flyers has passed, I think. I think you're probably right about yeah. that. Well... It's been a true joy, and uh, thank you all. Thank you all, wherever you are, for listening, for being a part of it. And until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm.